Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Wrestling, a wrestling podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jamie. And I'm Mark. Hey. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for uh, tuning in, and we are going to be talking about AW mostly this this podcast. Dynamite and Rampage for, uh, let's see, it's going to be 12-14 and 12-16 if we're really getting technical with the dates. Yep, and perhaps a little bit of the ROH uh, pay-per-view that just happened as well definitely and if not it's at least an honorable mention mention i think almost every match on that card was superb absolutely they're, they're even really, if you haven't watched it go back it's worth the what it's i think it's 40, 40 bucks, bucks on bleacher report 40 bucks. it's not quite a full pay-per-view if like you're in the united states aw uh yeah it's it's a banger from beginning to end well I, we still haven't even watched the pre-show yet and i heard the pre-show was really good as well oh yeah it, it heard it was great so uh every, almost every single title changed uh, I won't drop super spoilers, but only one title didn't change. But if you've watched Dynamite or Rampage in the past week or so, you, you've already figured out that somebody didn't drop their title. Exactly. Um, but speaking of ROH and former champions, our first match of the night we're going to talk about is uh, Action Andretti taking on Chris Jericho. And when we talk about this first, it's not because it's of the least importance of the mm-hmm. week. Not at all. I-, I had one of these moments where, you know, we write a lot of notes while we're doing we're watching these uh, live broadcasts of AEW, WWE, and we're, we're sitting there. We write our notes, and when this match happened on, it was Dynamite, correct? It was Dynamite, yes. This, happened, this match happened on Dynamite. I was like, eh, this is going to be one of those real quick matches to just establish well, yeah. Chris Jericho after he's lost his belt. Standard, Not, standard WrestleNomics you know, is, even you know. S- you got a big star go against the, somebody that's yeah. not very well known. You just think it's going to be a squash match, especially of after course. a pay-per-view loss. And he even said before the match happened that he was fighting a jobber. Oh, he made it a very big point to point out how big of, or how under this man is compared to him. Of course. Now, if you don't watch Dark or Dark Elevation, you might not know who Action Andretti is. He's definitely an indie guy. He's only been around for like, a couple of years. He's had, I think he's had two matches on Dark, or is it just one? I think he's had one on Dark, one on Dark Elevation. So this was his third match, and we'll talk about that a okay. little bit more. Let's talk about the match. Um, the match itself, oh, it again, amazing. they said he was a jobber, so you weren't expecting much. Uh, the crowd really were the MVPs in this match, and I, I do want to take a moment to talk about how good the crowd was in participating and adding energy to this match. Which, honest to God, like uh, real quick as a side note, that's always something I've noticed with wrestling. If you you could have the best wrestling show in the world, the performers could be great, the action could be great, but if you don't have a crowd that understands the concept of what's going on or doesn't appreciate the type yeah, or the of match, magnitude, it's they can drain a match worse than a, a bad botch or or you know a terrible spot. Like, and and this crowd did not let. It was just as good as the ROH crowd. Oh, yes. They I, did not disappoint whatsoever. They, go, I'll, 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 Texas I'll let you continue. I'm sorry. I'm all no, over no, interrupting No, no, you're tonight. fine. You're fine. So this match happened. Uh, at one point, the crowd was actually screaming, let's go jobber, uh, which was fantastic. I, I do want to take a moment to, and we talked about this on our Twitter. If you don't follow us on Twitter, we're at CAW Wrestling Pod. I talked about this a little bit earlier in the week, and um, I think one of the, the great things, if you don't notice it, go back and watch this match. Chris Jericho is so phenomenal at putting other people over. Oh, yeah. You know, he's had a 30-year-long career. He's done a lot of things with his career. He's, he's been in a lot of different companies. Right. done a lot of things. This is finally his time where he has realized that there's an importance to how big of a star that he is in the situation oh, yeah. that he's his, in. He's, he's, he, go ahead, go ahead. he has the opportunity to teach these people 
And this guy's got to be in his 20s. Oh, if he I'm not looks mistaken. young. He looks young. He, you know? Just as young as Darius and uh, and and Dante, uh, Dante. Absolutely. Super young. Top flight. And, and, and again, he's been doing this for three years. So Chris Jericho oh, which is took phenomenal. this off. His, Holy cow. His look, like his figure, he is like stacked. Like built. Yep. If, he, if he's under the age of 25 and look like looks like that, he is going to have the figure of Drew McIntyre by the time he's 30. Oh, and he's absolutely. Be Austin Aries, oh, you know, yeah. like the, like that progression, you can definitely see. Austin Aries wishes on Austin Aries. Austin. Uh, uh, Oh, Austin, Austin Theory. Theory. I was going to say, Austin Wrong Theory Austin. wishes he looks <laughs> looked that good as young as this kid is. Oh, for sure. But his moveset was absolutely great. And he was a lot faster than you would have expected from somebody like him, I guess. I wasn't expecting him to hit the moves as quickly and as he definitely had as that, he did. He definitely had that flippy flopper indie wrestling style that everybody's grown to love in the of past course. 10, 15 years. Of course. Um, but he, much like a Brian Cage, big dude, moves quick, very agile. And very quick, clean, and everything was yes, just precise. Yes, but he's not him. a big dude. <laughs> he's actually a pretty small no, dude. No, I'm just saying, like the, the the athleticism didn't match the the body that right. he had. He looked like, like you somebody said, that he was very just, much. Was, he looked like he's just in the gym. Just, I mean, he's rippled abs. Yeah, just I mean, stacked arms. Sure, like he you said, he was very like, much like a top flight kind of yeah guy. But he does. He's, he's not built like a top flight guy. He's no. built like a smaller Brian Cage. Mm-hmm. But he moves like top flight, and it's exactly. and that's saying something with Brian Cage because Brian Cage is a very athletic guy for as oh, big sure, as he is. Sure, this guy's ten times as athletic as what Brian Cage is. Oh, absolutely! It was uh, it was incredible. So I mean, he did a great job putting his moves on. Chris Jericho did a phenomenal job of putting his moves on. But it, going back and watching it and, and realizing the magnitude of again Chris Jericho's position in this match, he goes and he he puts this dude over, and he's like, "Come oh, on, action!" Come on, action. Made the sure people that, are yelling yep. for you. So Made that sure that everybody would get into it. Yep. And yelling for action that kind every of reverse time. psychology on the crowd. Like, yes. you know, I'm going to say this. And, great at that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, so, th- but this is what Jericho is good at. And I, I even said yeah. we watched, uh, and we'll talk about QT Marshall later. Uh, I even talked about QT Marshall being like a young Chris Jericho to sure. where he's, he's at the point that he doesn't need to wrestle. I mean, he, I'm sure he has the capability of being in the main event picture, but he's, to the point where he doesn't have to do that. He makes his money by creating opportunities for other wrestlers for a company right. as a whole. Right. And and is able to give what he's learned and that's what he sells. That's what he offers to the wrestling community. Exactly. And it's the Jericho, next generation. And that's what Jericho's doing with with this guy is he's he's putting him over. He's this is literally the definition of old stock wrestling 100. putting over new stock. Absolutely. And and I guarantee and I was one of them. No one, ninety percent of that crowd did not know who Action Andretti was. No, but they did. Hundred percent of that crowd, when they left, we were like, "Yo, you remember that guy that was in the blue, yellow, and oh, the blue, sure. green, and, and white that was doing all them flips? What was his name? It was like Action something? Exactly. Like, that They're gonna right remember there, something about it. You've got it in it. your head. You've got that that branding stuck in their in their head. Yep. It's so good, and his it, performance it, it matched for like how oh god, it was just so good. Somebody on Twitter said, "If I had never seen AEW before and I had watched this match, I would have thought that this was one of the top guys." One hundred percent. The way the crowd was cheering for him, well, every time he pinned Jericho, the crowd was one, two, oh, and then when it was so good when the end of the match happened, and it, of course we're all thinking, okay, he's yeah, you know, the first time on AEW TV. This is Chris Jericho. Yep. He and just, he's you, off a loss from you know from a title match. He hits a standing shooting star press. Like it wasn't anything crazy yeah. off the wall. It wasn't you know the 
the Panama sunrise or no, it wasn't. you know anything like you said flippy floppy crazy. It was a standing uh, shooting star press, shooting star press, and got the one two three on Jericho and the whole he crowd. He got it. It was his it dynamite was, debut, and it was one of those things where I knew it felt like the crowd was like okay one okay two okay, and then it hit three, and the entire crowd. It was like it, it, it was like the hometown team won the World Series, brought yep. home the Super Bowl ring, brought home the pennant, brought home the Stanley Cup. Like, the crowd went apeshit. I don't know where this guy's from. I don't know if he's from Texas. I don't know if he was, like, hometown. We should have looked that up before him. But the pop this kid got, and the the he even tweeted out later on, you know, I just pinned one of my idols, always follow your dreams. Like, I could not imagine what the conversation backstage when Tony Khan, Chris Jericho, and him were standing there and like, okay, this is what's going to happen, and you're going to you're going to pin Chris Jericho. Yeah, and this is where it gets really interesting talking about QT Marshall before um, when Action Andretti faced QT Marshall on Dark. This was, I think, back in October of this year. Yep, he had a match. Uh, he had a spot. Action had a spot where he actually talked before with QT, shot a little bit of a promo in the ring, uh, and then. Same thing, kind of put him over. You know, a little had bit. the match. QT was like, "Listen, I don't need you, Aaron. I don't need you, Nick. You guys go to the back. I'm going to do this on my own. This guy should, you know, get a fair one-on-one match." Which is and completely that's exactly out of what QT's he gave character. Me. Well, that's exactly what he gave us because he didn't, he didn't cheat. It wasn't a bullshit match, and there was no uh, interferences of any type. You know, QT ended up getting a really clean match. Yep, and the clean got win. the win. And Got Chris Jericho actually watched this match, which is cool that he's watching, you know, dark matches and things like that. Well, again, we've already action. had reports of Chris Jericho taking a leadership role, especially yep. with this whole the brawl out thing. And yep. uh, just it, it's good to know that he actually is sure, doing this. this is for good reason. But at any rate, uh, making a long story even longer, um, he did see this match between Action and Andretti. Again, if you go on our Twitter, I actually <laughs> posted the uh, dark episode on our Twitter with the YouTube link. Uh, but he watched it, and it's a great match. And again, QT Marshall knows how to put these guys over, makes them right. look good. Same thing. He's smacking them, and he's like, action, action. Like, <laughs> these guys know what the hell they're doing. So long story short, he picked up the win on Dynamite, and afterwards, Tony Khan gave him a contract. Because yeah. you know what? That is a smart thing to do. Get oh, yeah. this guy now. Oh, yeah. So I, I'm, I can't wait to see him in future episodes of, of Dynamite and Rampage. But I've got to tell you, I, I tell you what, you... They're really making AEW Dark become a more relevant idea in the AEW universe. Um, they're putting a lot more of their top talent on AEW Dark and Elevation. Uh, they've, I know Matt Hardy and Ethan Page have had a storyline going on, I believe, Dark or Elevation. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but it's really become Kenny a thing. Omega was actually on yep, Dark this They're week. really trying to push their YouTube series for for AEW fans mm-hmm. to go there and look. Cause they defend titles stories. there a lot, too. Yep, yep. You know, the so ROH Women's Championship. It's, and... it's one of those hidden gems that I think people don't. If, you, if you're if you an AEW fan, you would, you would enjoy Raw. Uh, Raw. You would enjoy Elevation and Dark. Um, and the commentary is just the greatest. Between Usually Taz Daddy Magic. Yeah, they have Daddy Magic on there, but just Taz and Excalibur have the best like yep. back and Paul forth because there's, there no, once in a there's while. no TV executives watching this stuff, so they can go a little bit more off the rails. Exactly, it's on YouTube, but definitely give it give it a follow, give it a like. It's really really good. So speaking of QT and the Factory, they also had a match against the returning House of Black, personal favorites of ours, uh, Brody King, Malachi Black, and Buddy Murphy with Julia Hart uh, at their so side. So nice to see them back. They took on Nick Camarado, QT Marshall, and Aaron Solo, and it was. 
I mean, it was a very short match, and uh, it, it, I'll tell you what, it made House of Black look real good. I mean, they do look real good always, but yep. obviously it was nice. They needed their time away. A few of them took some time off. Brody did a couple matches while they were gone. He right. had that, that uh, rivalry with Darby Allen while they were gone. But again, nice to see them back, and it, this was just an opportunity to unfortunately squash up the factory. Yep, again. Speaking but of I mean, QT Marshall. They're great at doing that. Yep. That is the one thing they're good at. And they picked up the very quick win. Actually, technically the bell rang and only Malachi had a move. Yeah, that is true. They attacked, uh, pretty much everybody attacked everybody. Malachi took a seat in the corner. Uh, Nick Camarado got the mist from Julia Hart. Uh, Brody King, you know, violence is the answer and violence was the answer. And Buddy Murphy followed suit. Um, bell rang. I don't even, honest to God, I can't remember the move that Malachi hit. That like high kick that oh, he does. Oh, it was the, the, his little finisher. Yeah. yeah. And he dropped QT Marshall, oh, got QT the, sold it perfectly. the one, two, three, and that was the end of the segment. Yep. Great. I love it. Love it's, the new theme song with, uh, brought to us by Colin Young. Yes. Yes. Of Hard Lore Podcast. Um, and God's Hate. And God's Hate <laughs> and Dead Body. If you, if you're into spin kick deathcore metal, then check out Dead Body. <laughs> it's, it's great. You'll love it. I just picked up the album the other day. Uh, but yeah, great. I mean, House of Black looking super strong coming out here, just absolutely annihilating the factory. Uh, I love to see it. I'm excited to see what they're doing with it. I'm I'm antsy to see what they're doing with it. I'm, I'm you know, they've been gone for so long that I'm, I'm amped to see them back and I want to see what they're going to do. But I know how you, you have to take these things slowly. You can't just, of we've course. talked about this, you can't just dump them into the main event without a little bit of buildup because it just feels stale when you mm-hmm. do that. And a lot of people, this is, I've even complained about this, that AEW has very short storytelling and they don't have a lot of long-term. So hopefully this turns into something long-term, maybe a trios tag run, maybe a, just a pure mayhem amongst the entire roster. I mean, I know we're kind of doing AEW and ROH are going to be eventually kind of splitting up and they might do some cross promotion on their, their they're going to be pretty much one of the same. Yeah. But here, here, uh, Tony Khan, if you're listening, here's my idea. Uh, house of black versus the embassy. Ooh, Thank you. That's a lot of man meat being thrown around. Yeah, yeah. Big meaty men. Brian Cage finally getting the love and attention that he absolutely deserves again. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. he was off TV for all, close to a year. Uh-huh. I know his wife pitched a stink about it for a little bit, and that yep. was kind of an issue. But good to see him back on TV. Sure. ROH getting apparently a weekly internet thing. Um, they're restarting the Honor Club. Right. And speaking of Brian Cage, he was also in a match with uh, Jack Perry. Jungle Boy. They're really trying to drop that Jungle Boy Jungle Boy moniker off of off of uh, his name. I think it's good. Oh yeah, no, I do He's too. He's no longer a Jungle Boy. He's the a Jungle man. man, Jack Perry. Yep. Um, but they went one on one and big guy versus tiny guy, and they did this match pretty good. Um, I think I hate to say it, but I think the magic is worn off of Jungle Boy. Uh, his because he he ended up pinning Brian Cage after. The weirdest, I, 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 he got him in the snare trap. The referee was distracted right. by Prince Nana, and then he tapped. Jungle Boy was like, "What the hell?" Because the referee wasn't paying attention. Uh, Brian Cage ends up hitting Prince Nana, and then Jungle Boy just rolls up this massive, uh, this massive dude of a man, and just pulls him in a schoolboy and pins him for a one, two, three. And I just, I don't know. Like, wrestling's wrestling, but this one kind of bothered me. Yeah. It's a big dude. He made him tap multiple times. He made him tap, but it's but then you're going to... That's what you're going to do? You're going to roll him up with a schoolboy and 
you're going to tell me Jungle Boy held down a dude that probably squats probably four times what Jungle Boy weighs? I mean, I just, it was hard for me to believe, and I don't know. I don't know. It was just stupid. <laughs> I don't know. It bothered me. I don't know why. Call me an asshole. Well, it was really silly because then eventually he's like, I took down Brian Cage. His Jungle <sighs> Boy, I'm sorry. Yeah. I took down Brian Cage. I took down Luchasaurus. So I want the biggest bitch of them all, Big Bill, who was I... formerly <sighs> W. Morrissey, formerly Big Cass. Now he's Big Bill. Formerly, what was his name? I don't Big know. Cassidy. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but it, Big it, Bill. Like yeah. He comes out with Lee Moriarty, duh. They beat up Jungle Boy, duh. And then the curveball. Hook. You hear Action Bronson start singing, and Hook comes down to make you don't the save. No. You make the, and, and Hook, uh, I guess he's forming an alliance with Jungle Boy, which, okay. I could, Jungle I, Hook. I could really see this going well if you took Jungle Boy and they're trying to get rid of that, trying to get rid of the Jungle Boy aspect. Mm-hmm. You took Jack Perry and you linked him up with Hook. And right. now Hook's a different type of fighter. He's not a Jungle Boy. He's, you know, from the streets of New York and all that. And you start giving a bigger, a sharper edge to, uh, to Jack Perry. Sure. You get rid of the jungle boy and now he's Jack Perry and hook. And it's, you know, I think you could play off of that and give, give Jack, I keep wanting to call him jungle boy, give Jack Perry a, a, just a better image, okay. a more updated, a more adult image so that he's not sure. going to get rid of the boy portion of it. Well, I also, I like that idea, but I also like the idea of possibly making it so Jack Perry does similar moveset. As hook? hook, okay. Almost like Hook's like training him or like he's taking him under his wing. So now he's got, you know, some like serious submissions and he's got a little bit more under oh, yeah. his belt. So he's I mean, a Jack Perry's a, he's again. like a, submiss- a submission guy. He, uh-huh. He's got the snare trap. But yeah, I think that would be perfect. He's right in that alley. Have him of, train under Taz. Yep. And, yep. That kind of MMA fighter. Yeah. Powerhouse style. You really wrestling. take him serious like that. Oh, yeah. You know? And he really does kind of a similar. Uh, I mean, he does have a little bit more high flying stuff than than Hook does, but he does have a very similar ground game as Hook. He has a very similar like close combat uh, belly to belly style. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it, I, I'm excited to see if they're actually going to do something with them. Or if this is just a one-time thing to kind yeah. of put both over. Kind of or... like Danhausen and Hook. Right, right, which I, I don't know what happened to Hookhausen. Well, that's okay, but it worked for the time being. Right, right. Also on this episode of Dynamite, we had the return of Ruby Soho, whose nose was broken at the all-out uh, pay-per-view pre-show mm-hmm. by Ty Mello. And that yep, is who was, she got her revenge against. It was Ortiz and her versus uh, Ty Mello and Sammy. And she took just, Ty just brought her knee up at just an in- unfortunate time and you caught you saw it on tv you saw her nose get buried and even ty or even ruby hit the ground hands on her face uh she had to finish the match which was only a a simple pin but you could tell she was in a lot of pain uh had to have reconstructive surgery but she's back after three months and obviously it's not affected her too too much because she was hitting all of her moves everything she looked good uh i thought this was a great reintroduction for Ruby Soho back into AEW. I think she's one of the more underutilized of the women's division. Obviously, she's been out with injury for the past three months, and I think, if I remember right, she had another injury previously. Nothing serious, but just enough to be out yeah. for a couple of weeks. Um, but I would really like to see her utilize a little bit more. I think her promos are, are a little bit lacking. Uh, not to say that they're bad in any way, shape, or form, but I think she's got, I don't know, just maybe not as much... Uh, 
experience on in in front of the camera with a microphone and i think that just comes with time but i really think that she could be a really good top player within the women's division sure, AEW. absolutely so i'm really excited to see her back uh she did yeah. get her revenge though with the win yes she did yes she did and she there was even a couple times they made sure that uh ty looked like she had her nose kicked in yeah, oh yeah. Uh, just to <laughs> run that point home um but another thing with ty too I know everybody's hating on Ty and Sammy, but they have become one of those heels that everybody hates and they're Love but they hate. are consistent every single time. It's been awesome to see Ty turn into the wrestler that she has been because we've sure. watched her since they first signed her and it's always been one of those things where I've always kept an eye on her every time she comes out and she's really developed a lot in ring on the you know, on the microphone. Um and to just be the heel that she is, just like Sammy has been. Like both these like it's been great. I I really really grown to hate both of them but love that i hate both of them absolutely speaking of things that people love to hate let's talk about death triangle versus the young bucks on their fourth match i absolutely love that people like shit all over the young bucks and Ken- well I, yeah, I guess kenny omega too but mostly the young bucks in. sure i love it it's great because it, it, it they act like if they shit on the young bucks then people will be like, oh, well, the Young Bucks suck. But the whole idea is the algorithm's like, oh, they're talking about the Young Bucks, so we're going to promote the Young Bucks because they're talking about the Young Bucks. Yes. And it's funny to me because they've understood that since day one, and that's why they walk out there all cocky the way that everybody expects them to be because they know they're going to get Joe Neckbeard to <laughs> completely whine for 15 tweets, especially now that... Elon's apparently changing everything to what is it, two thousand characters? Like my God, the amount of hate that's going to be on the Young Bucks in the next ten years is going to be amazing, and they're going to be the most relevant tag team of all time because everybody hates them, and I love it. It's great. And I don't know how you can sit there and watch AEW and be like, "Oh, I absolutely hate how the do Elite." You, like how? Yeah, how are you a fan <laughs> of AEW and you exactly like you said that you just despise the Elite? I it, I don't you don't realize. It. That they are the ones that are in charge of hiring all these people. Like, yeah, Tony Khan is obviously a part of it too, but they're the ones that help bring these people in. They're the ones that that help, of course, do all of the things that happen beyond behind the scenes. They might not be the ones that put pen to paper, but you know damn well when Christopher Daniels walks up to the Bucks and he's like, "Hey, listen, I just heard about Action Andretti. I think he's a really good, you know, indie guy. We should look into him for maybe like bringing him on." Then I'm sure the young bucks look at him and they talk to Tony Khan. Like it's not like <laughs> we can't. Like is everybody going to pretend like they're not an actual like part of this? Like they're right. they're EVPs. Like of course they're going to have some say in this because it's a product that they are investing their time and money in as as a business as well as their hobby. You know, I just <laughs> it's just so funny. It's uh, really but funny to me. This is match four of a seven series that I'm sure will go to seven. Of course, especially after the stipulations added here. Uh, because once again, Death Triangle used the hammer and distractions of the referee to get the one up by hitting Nick in the in the ankle a few times with a hammer and getting the win. Actually, no, he got, they got the tap on uh, Nick. On Nick, Nick tapped after Ray hit him with the inverted knee bar. After they hit him in the ankle with the yep. hammer, and of course that doesn't sit well with the elite. And as I always say, Kenny Omega must have the last fucking word every time. Always. My parents always told me, you have to have the last word. Jesus. Kenny Omega always has to have the last word. And it always sounds like Kenny's like making up the next thing on the spot. Like 100%. He brings. <laughs> because it... this happened, this is going to happen. And this is going to happen. 
and I bid you adieu. It just, yeah, <laughs> he's got to get that. But he's he's also one not to be that guy. But he is that he is one to know how to market a wrestler. He know he is one to know That's his gimmick. that you got to come up with taglines, you got to come up with t-shirts, you got to right. come up with gimmicks, you got to come up with things that people say. And he understands in this day and age that anything has a shelf life of about nine nine weeks before people are like this is stupid. And he knows you got to come up with new stuff. And I know that's not new, but he's got to get his licks in. He's got to get his catchphrases in because if he doesn't, those t-shirts don't sell. And those t-shirts don't sell. He's not the top guy. That's Young Bucks, same thing. Death Triangle, same thing. I mean, anybody who's a top t-shirt seller of this t-shirt company, as Triple H calls <laughs> AEW, like that's how they make a good portion of their revenue. So, of right. course, they got to do stuff like that. But, of yes, course. Kenny has to have the last word. And he's like, he is the biggest nerd that you used to have in class that finally has a platform and the confidence to say stuff about it. And he sounds like it. Yep. He was definitely a debate team. There's no doubt about it. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think he was, do you think he was part of the, uh, what's the one where they're like each, each person's a country and they argue that's debate. That is debate. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that, it's like world, world debate or something like that. Kenny Omega was the leader. He was Japan. Like he has a huge interest. He knows Japanese. He's, he's adopted he's a lot of the culture. In, like in Japanese, it's not, interesting. Not talking shit about the guy, but definitely just he's a he's he was a he was a Japan nerd back in high school. Oh no, he yeah. was in the anime club. Now he's living out his dream. He was an, in the anime club with Keith Lee. Yeah, they started the anime club right. together. That's how he got the reference for AEW. Was oh, I I knew I know this guy in uh, anime club back in high school. <laughs> Actually, we had anime club at our high school, and it was we just were... kids who used to fight with swords. <laughs> <laughs> you'd I, stay after school and like walk past them you're like what are these guys doing yeah anime club was weird here in florida you want to talk about some weird anime fans a bunch of white trash anime fans and i'm not <laughs> okay i might be talking shit about some of the kids that i went to high school with like they were they were interesting they were like their parents had about six teeth and they had the entire escaflone series on dvd I'll that tell they you what, had though, imported from japan they were always the nicest damn people though you didn't want to go eat dinner at their house? No, <laughs> no, you never wanted to go eat. That was that was social suicide, and I didn't have a social social life as is. I meant more like you didn't want to go to their house and meet their parents because their parents were like even weirder. Oh yeah. But yeah, that too. But yeah, um, Kenny was definitely one of those guys. But at any rate, but that's Kenny not what also... we're talking about. Kenny definitely <laughs> came out and he was like, "Okay, this is what you guys are going to do with the hammer. You guys are always using the hammer." Then, if that's you know, the case, fuck y'all. It, the, like we talked about before, the more you fuck around, the more you find out. And and Kenny Omega said, "Then let's do this next week on Dynamite match five will be a no disqualification match. Anything goes. You can bring that yes. little hammer. Bring, we'll uh, bring whatever we want. Yes. If it goes to match six, it will be a false count anywhere match. Guarantee it will go to a match six. And of course, it's going to go to a match seven because it will be in California, where the Young Bucks are from. A ladder match. A ladder match, which I." That with a three-way tag match, yeah, that's gonna be with nuts. the Young Bucks, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, oh my Pac, God. and uh, the Lucha Brothers, the Lucha Bros. Which the Lucha Brothers and Young Bucks are already famous enough to have that cage match between them. Yep, which was uh, the match of last year. Let's oh my be God. honest. And even when Kenny and Pac went against each other, like good great Lord. rivalry. Uh, it just it's been. I I can't see it not going to seven matches. No, like I, I said, think, especially being in California. Uh, I love the heat of just people bitching about the same match every week for seven straight weeks. I'm excited about it. Um, and and not to break down the fourth wall a little bit, but this is AEW renewing 
um, their contract with, you know, who they Warner Brothers, Warner and Brothers, TV, and the deals. execs are going to be at that particular. Dynamite. So of course you want the most drawn out, longest, biggest rivalry in in AEW sure. right now for to one of the newest titles. Seven? Oh yeah, come oh, on. Yeah. So you're definitely gonna, we're probably going to see a lot of titles defended on that dynamite. Just to to throw it out, just to see, you know, we can always pull this up later, but curiosity uh who do you think's got that if it goes to match seven i, I or maybe honestly you don't think it will go to match seven i honestly think, think it's going to go to match seven and i think it's going to go to the young bucks or i think it's going to go to the elite okay i, think I can't see it opposite. going any other way uh you think the opposite yes i disagree mm. it's going to be fun to, uh, to watch then i feel like the elite can take the loss oh of course they can but i feel like death triangle need the win but I'm also not going to lie. I'm a little conflicted because Ray's obviously being panned out to be the good guy. Pack and uh, Penta are panned out to be the bad guys here. Yep. So I don't know if they're not going to be able to hash out their Ray's shit. Been, and Ray's, Ray's been a little be a bit better. Ray's been a little bit better about it, though. Match four, he, he was the one that hit Matt with the hammer. He's been all about it. Granted, he had some resistance to it, but it seems like he's moving over to the darker side. Mm-hmm. And, that was Nick, by the way, that got hit by the I'm hammer. I'm sorry. You're right. Um, I, but at the same time, I'm in the camp of believing that that's going to be their downfall is that's going to be match seven. It's a ladder match and Ray's going to finally have that, that coming of sense of, wait a minute, I'm supposed to be the good guy. He's always been sold as the good guy, even between him and Penta when they have that, they have the rivalry between each other. Um, I just think that that's how it's going to go is Penta or I'm sorry, Ray's going to be the, the hesitant one. Ray's going to be the one that doesn't want to hit somebody with the thing or Ray's okay. going to be the one that stops Penta. I think he's going to conflict with Penta and they're going to, they're going to reignite that, that confrontation between I'm okay Penta with that. and uh, Ray or also, Ray's going to break off and Penta and Pac are going to be a tag team. Or what if it was a three-way match? We're going to end I mean, all this three of with Pac versus Penta versus Ray. I could see that. Revolution. I could see that. <laughs> that could be good. No DQ, something You'd like that. To. You'd have to. Those guys are just so hard hitting. But I, I think this, regardless of the outcome of this match, I think a lot's going to stem storyline from both parties, both trios. I'm just, I, I'm excited to see where the trios goes after this too. Oh yeah, because you can't just keep having these guys be the same ones over no. and over. You got to bring in, you know, um, House of Black. House of Black, exactly. You've got the firm who's got a myriad of different they got individuals. Lee, they got um, Big Bill. Yep. They got e- Ethan Page. Yep. Uh, you even got Private Party and Matt Hardy, who I, they're under that so good. the firm moniker right now. Yep. Uh, but even outside of that, I could see them doing a, a run for the triple tag teams. Mm-hmm. At some point, maybe Jeff Hardy will be coming back. I know he's got a hearing pretty soon for his court case. Hopefully that gets cleared up for him. Um, but there's a lot of like, there's a lot of potential out there. You oh, now yeah. have Best uh, friends. You now have Preston Vance. Yep. Who is now with Roosh and uh, Dragalisto and all and Butcher yep. the Blade. Uh, When's Jose gonna come out and fight? The assistant. For real. He's jacked. Have you ever you, seen him? You've never his shirt seen off? him with his shirt he's, off. He's. I. I'd. I'd sleep with Jose. Uh, he, he works a out good with like Brian man. Cage and Roosh, and they're oh, yeah. huge. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, really excited to see what they're going to do with this trios tag because unfortunately they it's been kind of stale since the brawl out and everything they had to do and I mean they had a little mm-hmm. bit here and there but 
it had to get get a lot of steam back. So excited to see where they go with that. The final match for Dynamite had Ricky Starks taking on MJF for not only the AEW World Championship belt, but the Dynamite Diamond Ring as well. Right, and Ricky Starks was the winner of the Casino Battle Royale for the chance for the Diamond Ring. Right. As well as the, oh God, what tournament was it? He he wrestled the tournament with everybody in it. I can't remember what they called it, uh, but he ended up winning that too. So he had a double shot both at the Diamond Ring and the the championship. And man, the promo he hit the week prior, we didn't get to talk about it. But good God, if you didn't see that between him and MJF, both of them, both, both oh, is, MJF set the building on fire and you would have thought that Ricky Starks would have stumbled a little bit. He came in with napalm and just torched anything that didn't have MJF's touch on it. It was one of the best pr- the promos between the two of them. It really was. But before the match happened, I just want to take a note and point out that Paul Turner had a great moment before the actual match happened. And, you know, traditionally the ref takes the belt, holds it up, right. signifies that this is a title match. Not only did he hold up the AW World Championship belt, he had the ring on. Yeah. And it was hard. In, in a power stance, put it on his index finger and had like the fist out. <laughs> it was good. Great presentation. Paul great. Turner, you're the man. Uh, he also had, you got to call him out, uh, MJF at one point had Ricky Starks in a... And I can't even remember what kind of hold it was, but he was standing, and to get more leverage, he reached out and grabbed the rope and was, you know, wrenching on on Ricky. And Paul Turner saw it instead of like just calling him out on it. Paul Turner just kicked him right in the arm, and I just I just kicked him and just kept going. And it was he, just, he shrugged it was and so he was good. like, yeah, and he kind of pointed off to the side, like you know, illegal move. So it was just it was, so good. Paul Turner is the absolute man. Um, it was a really good match. It was a really good match. MJF I mean, JF did a great job of just taking over Ricky as far as like his arm. I think it was his left arm. Ricky was having some trouble with that. And MJF just did everything that he absolutely could to just hit that same spot over and over and over again. Uh, I love MJF. Uh, His confidence outside of the ring and on the mic is amazing. And then when he gets in the ring, he translates into a wrestler that is just doing everything he can to get the win. Like whenever he doesn't get the two, He's so distraught. Whenever he doesn't, whenever he gets reversed, he is just the most miserable. When he gets hit, he is in the most amount of pain, and it's so. I, I mean, not to be that guy. Are you talking about Ricky? Or are you talking about MJF? Oh, I, you know what I mean. But that's what he turns into both. Of when them. he's on the mic, he feels like he's an untouchable human being. Like he is a god. Like even in the ring, it, it, it just by him on the mic, it feels like he would be untouchable. But then when he gets in the ring, he puts the trunks on. He turns into exactly what he is is he's just another wrestler and i'm not taking anything away from mj right. but he acts like another wrestler like a ricky starks like a jack perry like a Britt baker like right. a darby allen he's just another wrestler in the ring getting hit and then when he wins and how he wins in this one where he hits the low blow on ricky starks and and gets the pin it it, it just looks so good because he, he in a snap he goes from that regular wrestler to MJF. Right. The he, overconfident, over, does everything the wrong way, but gets the win. Right. MJF. Knows how to distract the rap, rap yep. so that he can get the low blow. And- the opportune times he knows the ref, oh, he slipped a little bit, so he catches that out of the corner of his eye and kicks him the nuts. Right. Whatever the case is, he's just, he goes, he just, it, 
it goes from one level to another level, back to another level. It just, it's in, and Ricky, oh my God, the entire match Ricky had, it was probably 70, 30 Ricky MJF. And, and you, this entire match was a, a wonderful showcase between the two guys of what they can do in the ring between two good wrestlers. And I'm not a huge like fan of the spear. I think it's kind of a lame move in my personal opinion. I don't really like when Roman does it. Something about Ricky's spear has just got so much like he, like you said, he's just trying so hard to hit that move perfectly Mm -hmm. and, and really give everything that he can. MJF just, utilizes that and yep. sells it so well and oh these two are just they and tell such a great tale and I hope I hope I hope this is not the end of MJF and Ricky Starks that this is only just the beginning with these two during this rivalry with this this title run. So MJF does not only retain the AW World Championship but is also the fourth time in a row winner of the Dynamite Diamond Ring. The has, only winner of the Dynamite it, Diamond Ring. Yep, he's had it the entire time. It looks good on him. So it's just adding to that prestige. So whenever mm-hmm. somebody takes him and breaks that streak, it's going to be glorious. Well, it's interesting you say that because uh, MJF has been making a lot of comments using terms that Brian Danielson uses, mm-hmm. like the word fickle. That's something yep. that Brian is just like notorious for saying, you know, that, that they're real fickle or whatever he says. Right. And MJF has been saying that a lot. So interesting that well, after MJF picks up the win, that Brian, actually, Brian Danielson actually comes out to the ring, goes to walk up to the ramp, and MJF Splits. just runs off into the crowd. Runs like a coward with his legs, tail between his legs, runs yeah. into the crowd, goes up to the top, sports his brand new uh, BBB belt. And Brian Danielson, <laughs> you know, celebrates a little bit with uh, Ricky, and that's how we end up closing Dynamite. So hopefully we'll see something with Brian Danielson and MJF later on. Uh, that'll be good. Be a long burn on that one. But... That'll be a good match between those two when they do end up getting sure. in it. I mean, MJF hasn't had that many matches in AEW to begin with. No. So there's so much potential for him being at the top of his game right now, especially with the championship. You just so much good potential with the with MJF. It's been a lot of fun since he's had the belt, but he successfully defended it the first time, so. Right. Probably a first defense of probably many. I hope so. Let's talk about AEW Rampage. We had Wardlow, former TNT champion, versus Exodus Prime, random jobber. <laughs> for, you Can't know, give him the credit. Well, you know, I don't I, Yeah, you know. I don't think he's even fought there before. I think that was actually his AEW you can actually watch the, the match is show, so short. You can actually watch the entire match on AEW's YouTube. The entire segment <laughs> clip. is three minutes and 20 seconds, and that's including the match and what happens after. So the match isn't that, that big of a thing. He ends yep. up head to button him. He destroys him. Powerbomb Symphony pins him for the one, two, three real easy. Uh, ends up calling out Samoa Joe, who took his title and humiliated him a few weeks ago. Yep. Joe comes on and cuts. One of the nastiest promos that he's cut since being at AEW. Calling himself the king of television. You know, how dare you basically address the king this way. The king has spoken very... I, I'm liking the heel gimmick he's I like it a with. lot. He's really good as a heel. But he said, oh, he you know... he thrives as a heel, 100%. He does. He always has. But he basically said, you know, I'm not fighting you in Texas. This place is trash. I won't fight you next week. Classic um, heel gimmick. He said, I'll give you clemency and let you have Christmas off. And then... I think he said December 28th. Yes, the dynamite after Christmas. Yes. That they will be fighting for the TNT championship. 
Yeah. And he also is the ROH television champion as well. So Hence Samoa the king Joe of television. is really getting a lot of love in AEW, and it's really nice to see and well-deserved. So do you think, is he going to drop the title? No. I don't think so either. I think Wardlow's going to end up taking the loss, which I'm sure he can. Yep. And not really sure where Wardlow's going from here. No, but I, I'm really liking where they're going with Joe with this king of television and the, love it the too. royal like snobbiness he's got yeah. i love it he's very his intensity is out of here like of my god it look, he's that that promo goosebumps yeah such a good promo i really enjoyed it as well now if they start this roh program for him to have an AEW belt and an roh belt is a little bit of a sticky situation i suppose so they might defend one of the titles on opposite promotion just to get you know the heat going do you think they're going to send him to roh i think it would be a really smart move too right you know, he a veteran had of ROH, somebody a who's a phenomenal career yep. in ROH. Uh, same, same like Jay Lethal. I, I don't think it's a bad thing, and I don't think it's you know bad for their career to take both of them back, mm-hmm. bring them back to where their roots started, and have Samoa Joe be the television champion is a great opportunity for him. Right. Having Claudio be the world champion of ROH, I think is great. Yeah, I don't think that's champion. a down step. Yep. You know, I think that's a phenomenal step in the right direction for ROH and both of their careers. So. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting how it, it'll be interesting to see how much the AEW roster mix in with the ROH roster if they're going to separate the two, if they're going to be one in the same. I don't think they're going to be one in the same, but they have a lot of ROH alumni in AEW. I mean, the ROH alumni. Yes. You, as you've slowly learned, I know you know you've known very little about ROH up until recently. Um, but there's been uh, same thing with me. Uh, you see how much uh, how much ROH has trained so many current, past, and even future wrestlers of the industry right, right. now. Even AEW themselves. Oh, yeah. I mean, look at the amount of talent that AEW has right now that mm-hmm. has had any type of ROH experience. Well, I mean, even, even WWE. A ton. Pete Dunne was one that was an ROH. You've got, I mean, Claudio was an ROH forever. CM Punk was Brian Danielson. Right. Uh, they were all the in list ROH. Goes on and, and, they, on and on and on You know, you can't argue they had huge careers in WWE. Now mm-hmm. they're on to AEW. Right. You've got, it's just, it's everywhere. I mean, even Brody King was from ROH. Mm-hmm. Danhausen, ROH. Oh, I yeah, mean, absolutely. PCO was over in Impact. You've got uh, Marie, Maria Canellis and uh, Mike Canellis and I the Kingdom. Remember, yeah. The Kingdom. They're, they're, they they're were in ROH. ROH. It's just, it, they're, ROH's, uh, you know, fingerprints are everywhere. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see what Tony Khan does yes. with the AEW roster and ROH and who he puts on right. and where and how. Now, if you look at ROH's website, they do have a roster. And the only people that are on the roster are the current champions. Right. So they are saying that Athena is signed to ROH. Okay. You know, if you understand it in that perspective. And and not to give too much away from the pay-per-view, but Athena won the championship, you know? So now they're saying that she's ROH. So those people that all won are ROH people. Brian Cage, Khan, Toa. Yep. Toa Leoa. You know, all those people are ROH dudes now, and I think that's great. Of course, the Briscoes are ROH guys. They've always been ROH guys. What's cool is you can do some cross-promotion with AEW ROH, Mm -hmm. but there's... The forbidden door is open. So oh, and Tony Khan is already. You never know what NJPW guy you're going to see. And you got to think about that too. Tommy Hiro Ishii had a huge career in ROH. Right. So you can bring NJPW people into ROH. And Tony Khan's already confirmed that, that he's into. he's already in talks for the second forbidden door. Yeah. Which, my God, if it was anything like the last one, please 
shut up and take my money. Oh, my God. Such a great pay-per-view. But yeah, defend some ROH championships at Forbidden Door. Oh, yeah. You know, do some cross promotion. Forbidden Door. Yeah. Yeah. Now, one match that ended up stemming from a call out on Dynamite, believe it or not, and this is a great thing I think that AEW is doing. We've got Britt Baker on Rampage this week, and she was called out by Sky Blue on Dynamite. Right, and it, it it's great to see Sky Blue on TV. Like, sure. She's another one that we've watched like from Dark and Elevation. She and gets slowly, better and oh, yeah. better and better every week. She's been training hard. She oh, yeah. looks great. Like, how can you not look at her and just absolutely love her? Oh, yeah. And now, She's granted, just lovable. when she called out Britt Baker, it definitely felt like it was cookie cutter. She practiced that a hundred times right before she walked out on camera because it was one of those things where she walks out and it was bop, 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 and then she walked off camera. And it was just, you know, it just felt very green, which I can't blame her because she hasn't had a lot she of is. on camera mic time. Uh, but it's great to see her back or be on TV. It's great to see her go up against somebody like Britt Baker, not just a another AW Dark Elevation member or right. a, a local talent and a random get a two win on two or, or a random two on two where she ends up losing. I mean, she ended up losing this match. Obviously, you know, she's still the up and coming, but she looked really strong in this match. She I mean, did. Britt was really, really put her over, let her get a lot of moves in. It was, you know, obviously Britt gets the win in the end, um, which then it also brings uh Hikarashita out out who's right because Jamie with Hader her, was out and they started attacking Sky Blue oh my um, god Hikarashita rocked Britt oh, Baker oh yeah it looked like she wasn't ready for that <laughs> she she missed on that first whiff with the uh kendo stick and then just like whipped it back faster than I think Britt was ready for and caught her right across the arm and chest yep. uh but we, Sky Blue looked great she did and, and we are getting to see that Jamie Hader Hikarashita match on Dynamite for the AW World Champion. Which is going to be awesome. I mean, Hikaru Shido. And Women's World Champion. A, a, I think she was the second champion. Yeah, but AW and, Women's Champion. But she is also the longest. She's had the longest reign with the belt. Uh, so she always puts on a great performance oh, when sure. she's on. Absolutely uh, loved it. Absolutely grown to love Hikaru Shida. There's no way she's dropping the title. I can't uh, see Jamie Hayter. This is her first defense. I can't see in any world they would. And, no, that would make Jamie Hayter look really bad. Yeah. And Jamie Hayter had a really good promo, I think, with uh, Tony Schiavone uh, that they did on Dynamite. I think it was yep. last week. I think so. Where you, she was like kind of talking shit, how you're talking to everybody but me. I'm the uh -huh. champion. I think she did a really good job there. And, mm -hmm. and that was when she said that whoever won the match between Hikaru Shida and Bunny uh, got the opportunity to yep. face. Jamie Hader, if they dare. So that is going to be happening. She's and so I think over that's right now. It's unreal. And I think Akara Shida is just going to push that even more to push her over. Oh, yeah. But it, it's so good because there's a she, reason she's the champion. She's she's so legitimately over. Like, it's not even a forced mm -hmm. over. It's it just naturally she's happened. Great. She went from everybody was like, who's this to? Oh, my God. I love Jamie Hader. Yeah. It was like overnight. I it was I think it honestly was when her and Britt Baker had that suit that that fake feud between the two of them. And people really rallied behind her because they felt like, yeah, you're like second chick mm -hmm. on the squad, even to Rebel, like, yep. you're not anything. And then when that happened, and granted, they didn't fight, but I think it legitimized her toughness yes. to where she's like, I'm not afraid to buck up to people and like And it Britt made Baker, you kind of pick a side. Yeah. yeah. 
Because you were at the perspective where you're like, okay, if these two do fight, like, whose side am I on? Right. And a lot of people were like, shit, I'm on Jamie's side, and I didn't realize I it. still hope they do that between the two of them. I think it would be fun, long burn, because who doesn't want to see that? Or oh, slow yeah. burn, I'm so sorry. But who doesn't want to see that match? Oh, Jamie Hayter, Britt Baker. It'd be a great match. You know, you got to keep thinking about the, the pay-per-view coming up in March. Well, especially with the championship involved. I mean, Britt Baker's on her side to... That's it, her. It's her time, but at the same time, it's the championship. You know, you can only, you can only root on your best friend in the number one position in the same sure, business you are turn. until it's your turn. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we had also with the best friends, Orange Cassidy, Dustin Rhodes taking on Kip Sabian, Trent Seven, Butcher, and the Blade in four and four action. Uh, this was definitely just a because they were in Texas, an opportunity for them to put Dustin Rhodes in a match and get some hometown love. Uh, obviously you got four heels, four faces, orange Cassidy is always a fan favorite. Best friends are always the greatest fillers to put in a giant tag team like this. Yep. Dan Housen uh, was out there. So it's just everybody yeah. that just knows how to rev up a crowd. Um, and of course, Dustin Rhodes still knows how to put on a great performance. He did a great, uh, Canadian destroyer. Can't remember who on it who. was the, no, no, a Dallas destroyer oh, as Excalibur me. said, excuse me. Um, and you also had a segment with, uh, Penelope Ford and Bunny. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember who. I think it was Bunny was in the ring when she was being distracting. Yep. Uh, Orange Cassidy. I think she ended up low blowing him. He dropped to the ground and behind the ref's back. And Danhausen jumped in the ring and was uh, went to curse Bu- uh, Bunny and Penelope. Was or, it was Penelope. Uh, but then he looked around and realized, oh, opportunity, and just dropped to the ground and started writhing in pain. Remberg turned around and looked at the Bunny. Looked at. Penelope Ford, and of course, did what is like the most common thing right now. With I, know, I love it. Throwing You're people out. Here. You're both out of here. <laughs> they got thrown out. It was a great spot. The match was really good, really high energy. Um, Trent Seven, he debuted what last week against uh, Chris Jer- or not Chris Jericho. It was uh, Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy. Thank you for the the title. Yep. Um, Kip Sabian and Orange Cassidy obviously obviously gearing up for having a. Uh, a title match between the two of them. Kip looked great here. He had like some almost like Jack Skeleton looking yep. uh, pants on, but he's got that dark creepy kind of style him. too. So I he, he always has stuff like that. Um, but yeah, great match. match and uh, best friends, Orange Cassidy and Dustin Rhodes ended up getting the win. Actually, Dustin Rhodes got the pin. So yeah, he hit him he with great. Hit him with uh, the orange, the Dallas Destroyer, like you said. Orange hit the orange punch, and then uh, he finished it off with the bulldog for the pin. Yep. And the match of the night, although it was not the actual uh, headliner, the match we just talked about was actually the headliner. Uh, this was the opening match, if I remember. This was the right. opening match. John Moxley took on Sammy Guevara. Again, this stemmed, I believe, from last week. Uh, John Moxley called out Sammy. On and, top of calling out Hangman Adam Page. Yes, at the same he did. Time. Which the, he comes out later, anyways. But uh, they had this Spoilers. match. And I don't, I don't know what happened here. If John looked at Sammy and was like, "Okay, let's just." <laughs> Do some crazy shit, rip my earring well, out. Okay, so Rampage has been pre-recorded for I think the past two weeks. Yeah, uh, you and I try to stay away from spoilers as best we can. Of course, uh, we try to watch everything you know as you're supposed to in- digest it. Uh, but you can't help from hearing things. It's Twitter. Like once it gets on Twitter, it's it's like a virus. It spreads. So you looked at me and said, "Oh my god!" On Raw t- or I'm sorry, on Rampage tonight, apparently John Moxley damn near loses his ear. Now, when you say that to me, I'm thinking, I flash back to Mick Foley getting his head caught in the ropes and tearing his ear clear, almost clean right. off. It was so, Renee that said it. You right. got to watch Rampage so you can see John's ear hang on by a thread. 
And, we, and like I said, to me, that's like your, your ear gets ripped off. Right. So I, the entire time, and I'm not good with surgical <laughs> stuff and like real life injuries. Like I have something that makes me queasy. I don't know why. I'm not, I don't have a weak stomach. You, you put me in a horror movie where people's got their heads ripped in half. They're, you know, it's, I've got no problem yeah, whatsoever. Yeah, the fake gore doesn't get me. The fake you. gore doesn't get me. The real, the real. medical, like, He could oh, never watch Grey's Anatomy no, with me. No, no. Um, so I'm <laughs> expecting to see this man with his ear hanging by a thread. Right. So the entire match, I'm, I'm cringing the entire time just waiting because. Is this going to happen now? Right, like- <laughs> right. And, and it, we heard it was like a botched bite from Sammy. Well, there's like three times in this match that Sammy puts his mouth on moxley's ear mm-hmm. and one of the times is he ripped literally rips the earring from mox's ear yeah like right out of the his commercial ear break yeah so picture in picture and uh, so the entire time i'm cringing but the amount of blood that poured out and that's all it was he ended up ripping his earlobe uh ripped his ear his earring through his earlobe yeah i don't know why you would agree to do that but whatever it's john moxley who yep. gives a shit he, it was great sammy Poor put the earring in his ear in his mouth i'm sorry but no you're fine um, pouring blood. He ended up putting the earring in his mouth. There was a little chunk of skin on it. Gross. Uh, they, he went over to tie and he had blood on his hand and they yep. ended up smooching with, with blood all yep. over the mouth. He like threw the earring into the crowd. It's a little bit much. I won't lie. It's a little bit much for me. I'm not going to complain about it because I also enjoyed the goofiest of wrestling. So yeah. this is for somebody out there. This is either to, for somebody to hate or for somebody to love. And I could see why somebody would hate the living hell out of this. Um, but it was gross. <laughs> like it was, it was gross. But the match was good. Um, he didn't. His ear wasn't hanging off by a thread. The only complaint I have about this match was the ending. Sammy got put in a submission, uh, at the real rear bulldog choke, and ended up passing out. And I just feel like AEW has been using this match ending I way agree. too much. He didn't tap. He passed out. Like, anybody come on, that fights, we can't do that for everybody. Anybody that fights Brian Danielson or John Moxley right. has passed out. I right. don't remember the last time either one of them got a pin in a one-on-one mm-hmm. match. And I just, I don't like that. I don't like like that's. I don't know. I agree. It, it's it's lose. too played out. I think just a, a simple pin, maybe do it every once in a while with a real hard fought fight between two mm-hmm. individuals not that this wasn't one of them but it didn't it was feel very, like it so was over exaggerated like passing out too. right right it felt like sammy is a heel enough to where he could tap out or get pinned and yep. not feel the repercussions mm-hmm. of it other than that match was great um it was a great way to start off the night and then as soon as the match was over mox grabs the microphone and turns to the entrance and says you know i called you out last week i'm here where the hell are you hang man and he throws the mic and Hangman Adam Page comes out. Evil Uno's trying to stop him because he's still technically medically cleared. Right. And a fight ensues between the two of them. And that's how we go off the air is those two are fighting each other like it happened the week prior. So we are mm-hmm. obviously building up uh, more animosity between the two of them. Yeah, because we never got to see the end of this match. Well, I mean, it, it ended all right, but not the way that e- I don't think either one of them wanted to. No. Um, I'm enjoying it. I know that a certain uh, former wrestler can't understand why somebody's mad at somebody else in wrestling but i feel like you've got to be half a moron to even consider that and i mean whether it was a legitimate move or not he got a concussion a and he got taken out yeah he got taken out of out it's of, okay to be upset about that of course it's and okay even to if want it, revenge even if you don't want that you lost but again we never got to see the end of the match so i mean right it's, it's okay to rebuild that fire just so we can see the end of it oh yeah it's encouraged. That. 
Yeah, oh it's yeah, car- yeah, It's wrestling. For, it, sometimes, even even if the, the rivalries don't make sense all the time, you it, they don't have it's to. It's wrestling for the love of God. It's all made up and, and yep. make-believe. And, Are you enjoying it? You know, and if you're not, maybe look at it from a different perspective. Right. Because, you know, I hate to be that guy. I love AEW, but it's a really good program if you just open up your mind to it. But so is WWE. It really and is. And it's not for everybody. There's just good like and AEW bad isn't. both. And and I hate when people are like, oh, well, AEW is trash. No, AEW is not trash. No. AEW is just not for you. If you don't like yep. AEW, don't fucking watch AEW. Or you're not invested in the AEW wrestlers. Right. And let me be the first to say it took me a long time to get into AEW. Yep. There were a lot of wrestlers here that I did not know about, did not understand, thought they were pretty lame if you asked me. But, but honestly, I've grown tell me, to love all of those people. Because we fell out of wrestling for a good couple of years. We did. We when we got back into, into WWE, tell me it wasn't the same way. We had to kind of get used to Riddle. We had to get used to, you know, the Street Profits. We had to, sure. used to get used to Chad Gable and Otis. We yep. had to get used to the bloodline. Like, you have to, it's, it's a learning experience. It's like jumping into the middle of a season of a show. You, yep. you don't know anything. You got to give it some time to, to, to grow on you. You got to give it some time to start to love these characters and love who these people are and i hate i feel bad almost for john moxley like he's this type of guy that you either love john moxley or you hate john moxley there's no i like john moxley either love or hate him and i think a lot of people hate him because oh he bleeds every match okay that's just a characteristic and a a, his persona yep you know that is john moxley he does bleed a lot you don't have to be and you don't have to be a fan of that no, you don't have to be a fan of that at all, but do understand that this guy is definitely making this a more interesting story. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Without him, the, the story, some of the stories on AEW would be just mm-hmm. bland. Yep. So what's going to be happening uh, next week on AEW? Uh, well, next week we have obviously the fifth match between Kenny Omega, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, the Elite, and Death Triangle. Uh, and that's which a will... falls count anywhere? Or no, it's no, no that'll DQ. be a no I'm DQ. I'm so sorry. Uh, this will be the fifth match, and if Death Triangle ends up getting the win, then this will be the end of it. But if uh, the Elite wins, then it will go to two to three, and they will go to match six, which will then be the fall count, falls count anywhere. Uh, and then if that one goes to a three to three, then we will go to game seven, <laughs> which anybody who Again, watches hockey, hockey, which I feel like I, I feel like Kenny Omega is the one that was like, well, what if we did best of seven? Yes. Because he's, you know. Canadian, and he's actually, I don't, I know we've talked about it, but he, he's actually a very good hockey player. Oh, yes. I have, I have read quite a few things about him that sure. he's a very skilled hockey player. And a little bit of Shinfo, if you didn't know this, so is Steve Carell. Dude is phenomenal on the ice. I've heard that. Actually, it, uh, there's a movie he's in that he has to be on the ice. Well, it is, um, if I'm not mistaken, it was the fake movie that they, they shoot in the office. That's right. That's in the right. movie, he has to like shoot some, you know, pucks into the uh, net, and it's all legitimately him. And it, you know, if honestly, if you watch the footwork, you would believe that it was an actor, but it actually is really Steve Carell. Well, Shinfo, because mm-hmm. why not? Um, so, anyways, what's going to be happening? Yeah, we have AW? we have the best of seven series game five. Okay, game five, match five. <laughs> uh, we also have uh, FDR will be taking on the Gun Club. Ass boys. Ass boys. Uh, they came out at the end of an absolute mind-blowing match between yep. the Briscoes and FTR, where FTR ended up losing the ROH tag titles right after they ended up losing a match for the AEW tag titles. Yeah, the which they didn't prior. have, but they did lose the match. They did lose the match, but they ended up losing the belts to the Briscoes. So the Briscoes are now the 13-time ROH champions, so congratulations to them. Uh, but while down and hurt, 
and bleeding. The ass boys came out, uh, pretty much said, you guys suck. We're going to destroy your legacy. So Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler have challenged them to a match. So on Wednesday, we will see FTR take on the ass boys in uh-huh. a grudge match. Which is kind of funny that it's against the ass boys because uh, Dax broke his. Yeah, he broke his ass. He did break his <laughs> ass. and Go on it, his Twitter. There's a picture. Yeah, it's his ass is all kinds of black and blue. Uh, I don't know how he's going to perform this in this match, it's but Dax. it'll be interesting. What did I say? Um, no, I'm just saying. Uh, how oh, is he going to okay. perform? It's Dax. Uh, yeah, right. He it's always Dax. performs. Uh, but we'll have that match. We'll also, uh, as we brought it before, we'll have Jamie Hayter taking on Hikaru Shidu for the AEW Women's Championship. Uh, also, oh, it's not AEW directly. We do have some AEW wrestlers on NJPW's Wrestle Kingdom 17, which will be on January 4th, as well as January, I believe, 21st. Uh, there's two separate dates. It's NJPW's biggest pay-per-view that they have every year. Uh, we will be seeing FTR taking on Haruki Goto and Yoshihashi. God, I'm surprised I was able to pull that off. <laughs> uh, as well as Kenny Omega will be fighting Will Ospreay for the IWGP United States Championship. And It's crazy. We're finally getting this rivalry to come to a head at this match, and it's not even going to be an AEW. I know. But it can't be. This rivalry was never, it hardly even graced AEW. That one time that they were in for a couple of weeks, but this is all NJPW. Uh, Kenny Omega left NJPW and left it to Kenny, or uh, to uh, Will Ospreay. Will Ospreay. And it has been this recurring thing. They talk shit on each other every time they're on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Will Ospreay Bruv. has. Bruv. <laughs> Will Ospreay has hit the one winged angel on an indie wrestler and then forced the kick out so he said you know this kid kicked out of the one wing and angel um they've had t-shirts with kenny omega uh that will osprey has made that kenny omega has put a cease and desist on that there was only like a two-day window you could get those so i'm sure those are like valuable as hell right right now um but this it's been whether it's real whether it's fake this rivalry between the two of them has been awesome and it's gonna finally come to a head for a belt at Wrestle Kingdom 17 in Japan, in Tokyo, Japan. It's going to be awesome. Ooh. It's going to be so good. <laughs> Can't wait. All right. And but, uh, I think that will pretty much wrap up the night. That'll be it. That'll be it. That'll be it for AEW. Uh, we will be covering WWE SmackDown and Raw, doing a little bit different. Yep. That should be coming um, out Wednesday. We're now going to split the shows up between an AEW show and a WWE show. And please, if you don't like that, like, tell us. Of course. Go on Twitter at CAW Wrestling Pod. You know, let us know. Do you like know. it like this? Do you like it like how we did before? We do you mix want us the to two? do the shows together? Do, do you want to introduce two separate podcasts? We're going to try out AEW being one podcast that comes out probably either Sunday or Monday. And then WWE will be coming out hopefully on Wednesday morning. And uh, we're just going to try it like that for a little bit. So. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you very much. Um, tell all your friends about us. Uh, do us a really big favor. If you're a fan, you listen to us on Spotify, go on there and give us a five-star rating. We'd really, really, really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Apple Podcasts as well. Make sure you go on and give us a five-star review. Uh, say some nice things about us. We'd really appreciate it. If we see them, we'll make sure we shout you out, like 100%. Like We appreciate the support we get from everybody. Uh, so any any of these podcast apps that you use, your pre- preferred one, like go on there and rate us. It really helps us getting the word out for us, spread us out and, and get the word out and just make this into a better podcast. Yep. More the merrier. And yeah, uh, make sure you watch Raw with us tomorrow. 
I am Jamie, and I am at a bacon party on Twitter. I am Mark, and I'm at Gunk Dudley. You can also catch us at CAW Wrestling Pod across all social media, or go to CA or go to CoffeeandWrestling.com to visit our link tree to find all of our links there. Uh, we are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts. If you listen to our iHeartRadio, I don't know why you would, but we're on there. Yeah, play us in your mom's car so you know she can tell her soccer friends about it, soccer mom friends about it. And, and if uh, you go, if you're a fan and you go to, uh, for some reason, you find yourself in an Apple store, go in there and just rate us on everything, on every device on there. It's one device. We get a rate for every device and anything you can get your hands on. Get your moms, get your sisters, get your dads, your uncles. Your children. Just give us a five-star rating. Who knows? We might send you a sticker pack. Maybe a t-shirt when we get win. Mm. Or a coffee mug, mug, mug. Coffee mug, mug, mug. But thank you so much for listening. Uh, we really appreciate it. And we will catch you on the next episode.